Last night, I, I believe in the nighttime, I was prompted to, to pray some about some things. And uh, the Lord began to deal with me, so I got up out of bed and, and, and began to be clear that I was supposed to minister this to you tonight. So uh, would you look with me in 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, and believe with me, please, what we just got through praying. Are you believing with me? Utterance. You you don't want to just hear from me. I don't want you to just hear from me. Uh, We want to hear from him through his word, by his spirit, and there are all the answers to everything are in God, in His Spirit, in His Word. In 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. Thank you, Lord, for Your Word. You know, if it wasn't for His Word, you'd believe just anything. (laughs) You wouldn't know the difference between it, good and right and wrong, but we got a standard. I said we got a standard. That we can measure everything by and see what's good and what's not. What's right and what's not right. What's God, what's just man and not God. First Corinthians, the third chapter and the first verse. He said, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Now when you're born again... You are not born a spiritual adult. You're born a spiritual baby. A lot of similarities between being a natural baby and being a spiritual baby. And so many of the things that are true about natural babies, they they need help. Most everything they don't know, (laughs) uh, this true. But the scripture said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. That you may grow thereby. We're supposed to grow. Begin growing immediately. But you won't grow. Unless you're fed. And when I say fed. I'm not talking about. You just heard things. It must be. The anointed word. That And in the words of faith. That nourish up your spirit. And it is so vital. And so important. What you're around and what you hear, where you go to church, yes. that you go to church. Yes, we got so many people that, you know, they got born again, but they don't go to church. And they don't realize how immature they are spiritually. They're babies, but they don't realize it. Does a baby realize they're a baby? No. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what's... Uh, What's the big deal with, uh, you know, three-year-olds and four-year-olds and five-year-olds? They want to feel like they're bigger than they are, that they're older than they are. How old are you? Five and a half. Yeah. Is that right? Four and a half. <laughs> they're trying to tell you, I'm not just four. I'm older than that. I'm a, and, of course, you know, uh, they hit 50 or 60, and they're going, they're wishing they could go the other way. I, I'm not wanting to be this old, but uh, spiritually the same thing is uh, is true. You know, uh, spiritual uh, folks that are babies and, and immature, they think they're a lot more spiritual than they are. You know, have you seen, uh, you know, in the natural, when uh, uh, kids hit the teen years and... Uh, And a lot of them think they know so much. And you know because you were there at one time. Huh? (laughs) They think they know so much. Wow, they've been to school and they've looked at things on on the internet. Whoop-de-doo. There's so much you don't know. And you grow a while and survive it and develop some, you'll look back and shake your head at how <laughs> immature you were. Well, exactly the same thing is true spiritually. The same thing. 
And Paul is writing to the, the Spirit of God through Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. Now here's an interesting thing about these, these guys. They had all the gifts of the Spirit in manifestation in their church. And he said, you're babies. That's too quiet. Do, do you believe the word or not? Verse 3, are you looking at it? He said, you're carnal. You're natural. You're fleshy. Fleshy is another, instead of saying carnal, you could say fleshy. Flesh ruled. Flesh dominated. And, and how do we know? Let me back up a little bit. Verse 1, he said, uh, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual people. In other words, I had to speak to you as fleshy people. I had to talk to you like you talk to babies in Christ. I fed you with milk, not with meat, uh, basically because you couldn't take it. Hitherto, up till now, you've not been able to bear it, neither yet now. And he said, you're still not able to take it. There's a lot of things you can't talk to people about. They're not ready for it. They can't take it. How many want to grow up so you can take some more? You can, you can develop some more. And uh, how, how does, then he tells us why he's saying that and how he knows that they're babies. He said, for you are yet carnal. You're still babies and fleshy. Why? Because there's envying and strife and divisions among you. That's how he knows they're still babies and carnal. Because of the strife. Because of the fussing. Because of the fighting. He said, aren't you still carnal and walk as men or unsaved men? For while one says, I'm of Paul. And another said, I'm of Apollos. Are you not carnal? Who is Paul? Won't you say it out loud? Who is Paul? Who's, Paul? Who's Apollos? Who's now these are, these were wonderful men. These were anointed men. I mean, Paul, uh, had visions of heaven. He saw the head of the church personally. He, he, God used him to do all this, but he says, who's Paul? He knows they were carnal because they're making too big a deal out of men. Are y'all listening, friends? They're making too much out of men. He said, you're babies. You haven't developed. You're not spiritual. You got the Paul group. You got the Apollos group. You got the Peter group. You're making too much out of men. He said, uh, who's Paul? Who's Apollos? Ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Everybody say, but God, but God. God. Who did the work? God. God. Who gets the credit? Who should get the glory? Who should get the attention? Paul? Apollos? No. No. To focus on Paul and talk too much about Paul or Apollos is to show that you're carnal. You're a baby. You haven't developed spiritually. This whole chapter deals with this. And he, uh, he goes on in talking about this. Skip down, if you would, to the uh, uh, 21st verse. He said, Therefore, let no man glory in men. Let me just, he said, all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, all are yours, and you are Christ, and Christ is God's. I want you to to stop on that. Let no man glory in men. Say it out loud, let no man glory in men. The Lord prompted me, we need to emphasize this. We need to focus on this. Say it out loud. Let no man glory in men. Can you talk too much about men? Can you emphasize too much men? 
When I say men, I'm talking about male and female. Men, women. Paul, was Paul a great man? You know it. What did he say? Who are we? It's God that saved you. It's God that gave the increase. Quit making a deal out of us. In uh, 1 Corinthians 1.29, he said it like this. 1 Corinthians 1.29, the end of it, he said that no flesh should glory in his presence. Say it out loud. No flesh should glory in his presence. Is there a need to say that? Is there, are there reasons why to say that? And emphasize, say it out loud. No flesh should glory in his presence. Listen to Isaiah. Don't turn, you don't have to turn there, but they'll put it on the screen. Uh, you may want to mark some of these verses down. You, you may want to have some conversations with people, uh, you know, next week or the week after. And so you can, you can know this. Isaiah 42 and 8. Isaiah 42 and 8 says, I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory will I not give to another. Neither my praise to graven image. Say it out loud. His glory. glory. He will not give. give. To another. another. Isaiah 48. Said it again. Isaiah 48 and 9. He said for my name's sake. I will defer my anger. And for my praise. I will refrain for thee. That I cut thee not off. I've refined you but not with silver. I've chosen you. In the furnace of affliction. For my own sake. Even for my own sake. Will I do it. How should my name be polluted. And I will not give my glory. To another. Said out loud. He will not. Give his glory. To another. He will not. He will not. No flesh should glory. In his presence. And you'll find Paul knew that. Uh, he, he knew something about the master and how he operated. Do you know that Jesus himself never took credit for one healing that happened in his ministry? Is everybody listening? He never took credit for one miracle that happened in his ministry. He never took credit for one anointed message. That he preached and taught. Are y'all with me? Maybe not. (laughs) Hmm? Go go with me to John 7th chapter. Let Let me tell you why I say that. Should we follow Jesus' example? Hmm? John 7. In John, the religious leaders came to Jesus... And uh, let me just get there and we can read it together. Um, They were actually, even though they were opposing him, they were amazed at how he spoke. Because he didn't have the formal education that so many of them had. Um, In John 7 and 15, well, 14. About the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, How knows this man letters, having never learned? How He speaks so well. He speaks so amazingly. And he did not, he didn't have the education. How does he do it? And verse 17 Excuse me, verse 16, Jesus said, I have paid the price. Huh? When others were playing, I was praying. Huh? I have burned the midnight oil. And I studied this out. And I found it through diligent search. And I I have plumbed the depths of the mysteries of the revelation of God. 
And I got it. And I brought it to you. No. What did he say? What did he say? My doctrine, that's his teaching, is what? Not mine. It's not mine. I didn't figure it out. I didn't give. Who's talking here? Come on, help me out. Who's talking? Head of the church. If he talks this way, how should you talk? (laughs) Right? He said, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, or one translation says wills to do his will, he will know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Now, this is just one example, but how many remember he said, I only say what I hear the Father say. I, I didn't come to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. I don't do anything of myself. He said, I can do nothing of myself. Didn't he say that? John 14. I can't do anything of myself. Did Jesus ever take credit for the great things that happened in his ministry personally? He did not. He did not. He said, uh, he goes on to say verse 18, and this is so important. He that speaks of himself seeks his own glory. If you're always talking about what you have done, you are not seeking God's glory. You're seeking your glory. And no flesh should glory in God's presence. And God's glory he does not share. Y'all with me or not? If you keep talking about what you've done, what you, if something great happened, if it was truly great, God was in it. Is that right? And if he did it, it wasn't you. If you had a part, praise God. But don't take credit for the whole deal. In fact, if it hadn't been for the mercy of God, You couldn't have found the door that day. Is that right? To even begin to be a part, to be a vessel, to be involved. It was the grace and mercy of God that you're even drawing a breath. You even got born. Come on, can you see this? That's why God truly deserves all the glory. Oh, somebody say all the glory. And he alone deserves the glory. No man does. No woman does. Hallelujah. He that speaks of himself. Now that means a couple of things and more. It means you're speaking from yourself as a source. It also includes talking about yourself. And if you're always talking about yourself and who you are, what you know, and how smart you are, and how great you are, and what you've done, you're not seeking God's glory. You're seeking your own glory. Whether it's you or me or whoever it is. Y'all with me or not? And he goes on to say, but he that seeks his glory that sent him, that one is true. And no unrighteousness is in him. You see somebody that's genuinely seeking God's glory, they don't talk about themselves. They talk about him. And that kind of individual, man or woman, that's an honest person. That's a good person. That's a righteous person. They're not trying to snow you or trick you. Or mislead you or use you. Hallelujah. Look with me over in the book of Acts. You believing with me? In the book of Acts and the 12th chapter. How many want to see miracles and more miracles? You'll see 
in move of God after move of God throughout history. God did some amazing things and some great things happened for a little bit and then it was cut off. And reason again and again that it was cut off and shut off is because people took credit for it. Hmm? Groups, ministers, prayers, preachers, denominations. Are y'all with me? Oh, they might have, you know, tried to say it in a seeming humility way, but it was them who birthed it. It was them who started it. It was their group that's responsible for it. The moment you say that, the anointing is going to leave. Why? God's not going to share His glory for the things that God has done with you. It would be a lie. You didn't do it. Come on, you with me or not? He can't lie. He can't be a partner of a lie. You're taking credit for something he did. This is one of the most serious things you can do. And if you can stay with me for a few minutes, we're going to see it in the word so plain. How many already know God is worthy of the glory? He alone is deserving and worthy of the glory. In Acts, the scripture tells us in Acts, that was the 12th chapter, that um, um, Herod, who was the the ruler there, uh, you could call him a a king of sorts, Um, he made a speech, Acts 12 and down about verse... uh, 20 or so, um, he was displeased with them of Tyre and Zidon, but they came to him with one accord and, and made Blastus the king's chamberlain their friend and desired peace because their country was nourished by the king's country. Politics. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration to him. He made a speech. And the people gave a shout and they said, it's the voice of a God and not a man. If you know anything about God, hmm, what would you know it's time to say and do? It's time to make it very clear that you know you're not God. Hmm? And if anything good and great is coming out of you and through you, it's it's him. It's not you. But Herod is not a good man. He's a bad man. And he ate this up. And when they said, it's a God. He's not a normal man. He's not a normal man. I mean, it's like a God. And, and what did the scripture say? Immediately, The angel of the Lord smote him. I mean, not when he got home. In the middle of his big speech. The angel of the Lord hit him. And he doubled over. And that's it. End of speech. End of meeting. End of Herod. Why? Why? He was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. He died. Verse 24. Why? Well, we moved too quick, didn't we? Verse 23. The angel smote him because he gave not God the glory. This is the book of Acts. This is New Testament. This is the same dispensation and age you and I are living in. Is it true or not? New Testament. Why 
did judgment come so swift and so severe. The only thing we're told is he didn't give the glory to God. Has God changed? Has his ways changed? Now this is a bad man. But a similar thing happened to a good man. Go back with me. In the book of Numbers. Are y'all okay? Are we reading the word? Numbers 20 and verse 1. Numbers 20 and verse 1. It said, Then came the children of Israel, the whole congregation, into the desert of Zin in the first month. The people abode in Kadesh. Miriam died there and was buried there. There was no water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people chode with Moses and spoke, saying, Would God would have died when our brethren died before the Lord? And why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into the wilderness, that we and our cattle should die there? Wherefore have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place? It's no place of seed or of figs or of vines or pomegranates, neither is there any water to drink. Like we said, they're out in a barren desert. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Oh, somebody say, the glory of the Lord. Who can manifest that glory? (laughs) Only Him. Only Him. And even if it's manifest on you, you didn't do it. He did it. And the Lord spoke to Moses, and he said, Take the rod, and gather you the assembly together, you and Aaron your brother, and speak ye to the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water, and you shall bring forth to them water out of the rock. So you shall give the congregation and their beast drink. So even though these people are so disrespectful, They're so unbelieving. They're so rebellious. Still, God's going to take care of them. Keep them from dying out there. Supernaturally, get water to them. And how many understand? We're not talking about, uh, you know, 30 gallons. (laughs) Right? A couple of drums of water. There's millions of people out here and all their vast herds of livestock. You need a lot of water. Verse 9. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said to them, Hear now, you rebels. Must we fetch you water out of this rock? Oh, no. Oh, no. This is one of the darkest marks on Moses' life that's recorded in the scripture. You might say, well, really? I mean, what's the big deal? If you think that you don't know anything much about God or about how things work in God. Just this this attitude, this anger, and this word, we. We. Do you see this? See, it's not about technicalities. God's always looking at what? He's always looking at the heart. Must we get water out of this rock for you, you bunch of rebels? He's mad. If you read other accounts, and it's even referenced in the Psalms and, and, and Deuteronomy and other places, it said that The people had provoked Moses. They really made him mad. So that he spoke rashly. He spoke unadvisedly, ill-advised, and rashly. 
And it cost him dearly, didn't it? And this is a good man. (laughs) You can search high and low and not find a better man. This is a good man, but yet he's a man. He's got flesh just like you or I. He's got a temper. He's got emotions and pride that he has to overcome. Now here's the thing. Romans 12, 3 said Moses was the meekest man on the earth. There was not another human being on the planet during his lifetime that was more humble than him. And on any other day, you'd have seen that. You'd have heard that. But today, he goes off. He yields to his anger. Hmm? And one of the most serious things about it, he knew better. Nobody on the earth had had experience with God like he had. He's seen the glory of God. He's been on the mountain. (laughs) Is that right? In the glory of God for weeks at a time. I mean, he, he knows more than most what's God and what's not God. Which is again why it made it so serious. In anger he yelled out, Must we? Oh dear me. It hurts me to read it. But we need to learn, don't we? Do we need to learn or not? Here now, you rebels. Now don't misunderstand me. If you'd have been there doing his job, you'd have been fed up with this bunch too. Right? But it doesn't justify. You taking glory to yourself for what God is doing. It's a very serious thing. Must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and with his rod he smote the rock twice. Think about the mercy of God. And the Lord let it happen anyway. Why? Well, he don't want all his people to die out there. So even, now here's something that's very enlightening. Just because something worked doesn't mean the leaders were right. Is everybody listening? Just because something happened that was God and something worked, in the midst of that, I mean, did a miracle happen? Oh, man. An amazing thing happened, and the people's needs were met, and the leader is in trouble with God. Can you see this or not? Why? Because, keep reading, you'll see in God's words why. The water came out abundantly and the congregation drank and their beast also. This in some ways is a glorious day. They're parched. They're in a bad way. And now everybody is uh, splashing water on their face. They've drunk their fill, their donkey, their camels, their everybody is Fully hydrated. It's wonderful when you're in the middle of the desert. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, both of them. He said, because you believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. What does that mean? Moses, one of the best men you could ever lay eyes on, did not get to finish what God started with him. Did not get to complete. And oh, it was a big deal to him. Even some time after this and after Aaron had died, the Lord brought this up. Excuse me. Moses brought it back up to God and he said, well, uh, 
I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. Go study the scriptures. He said, uh, uh, can I go in? He, he took him up and let him sit. Can I go in? And the Lord said, no. And the Lord brought back up to him this. He said, you didn't sanctify me in the eyes of the people. And you're not going in. And don't bring it up again. And so Moses, though he had been through a taste of hell and all the stuff that happened to get them out of Egypt and all the stuff that happened to get them through the wilderness and all those years and all those problems and all those times when it seemed like it was all gone and he prayed and believed God and they got it back and they got through, didn't get to finish what God started with him. Why? Is everybody listening? Why? What does it mean, you didn't sanctify me in the eyes of the people? One translation says, you didn't show me as holy in front of the people. What does that mean? One part of the definition for sanctify is set apart. To distinguish and separate. Holy things are separated. and Set apart from the common. And what Moses should have done. And he knew he should have done. Was make it very clear. Who was doing the miracle. He, he should have set apart himself from that. Hmm? And it's not Moses saving everybody. It's not Moses that's going to get everybody into the promised land. Huh? It's not Moses that's going to fix everything. Y'all with me or not? It's God. And the truth is God can do it with or without Moses. You believe it or not? Joshua was right there. Is that right? And he used Joshua to finish it up. Didn't he or not? Joshua was right there, ready to go. He said, you didn't sanctify me. And you can hear it in that phrase, must we? Are we going to have to take care of this? Are we going to have to straighten all this out? Are we going to have to fix it? You think too highly of your ability. And what you can and can't do. Is it important that we acknowledge that without Him, we can do nothing? Is it important that we not just know that somewhere in the back of our minds, but that we voice this? We express this on a regular basis. And when great things happen, which they should, if we'll believe God, if we'll pray in faith, obey God in faith, great things will happen. And when they do, if we're smart, we want more great things to happen. We want them to keep on happening and even more and even great and better and the sure way to shut it all down is for somebody to stand up and take the credit for all of it. And keep talking about what they did and how they did it and take the glory. Selah. Am I reading scriptures or not? Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go to Isaiah, the eighth chapter. I'm I'm almost done, I think. No guarantees. Isaiah 8. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we need something besides meat. We need a little strong meat, too. Is that right? And it helps us to grow and to develop. Uh, The psalmist said, you know, some trust in chariots, some in horses. But we will rely, we'll trust in the name of the Lord our God. Jeremiah said, if you put your trust in the arm of flesh, there's a curse that goes with that. 
Hmm? We thank God for everybody that God uses. But nobody is our source. Hmm? Not me, not your pastor, not you. Nobody is the sole source of our protection, of our deliverance, of our victory. We got one Savior. Oh, come on, y'all with me? We got one. One Savior. And His name. Jesus. Yeshua. Head of the church. King of kings. Lord of one. There's one God. And one mediator. Not two, not three. One mediator between God and men. The man Christ Jesus. He's the answer to everything. He's the deliverer. He's our victory. Right? He's our hope. He's everything. And because of that, He and He alone should get all the glory. Somebody say all the glory. All, all the glory. The Lord prompted me. We need to be reminded of this. A lot of people, you know, they think, well, I know that basically. Yeah, but are you doing it? Huh? Have we gotten distracted? Have we gotten focused off of it? Only one. Somebody say only one. Only one. Only one. Savior. Only one Redeemer. Only one. He gets all the glory. And no flesh should glory in His presence. And His glory He will not share with another. Uh, Isaiah 8, are you there? And verse uh, 11. 8, 11 says, The Lord spoke to me with a strong hand. And he instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people. Did the Bible tell us, don't be conformed to this world? Keep reading. Don't say a confederacy to all them to whom this people say a confederacy. Neither fear ye their fear, nor be afraid. Um, The NIV says it like, put the NIV up here. It says, don't call conspiracy everything that these people call conspiracy. And don't fear what they fear. And don't dread what they dread. There's a lot of church people right now that are despairing and going, it's all over. We're not going to make it. Are you kidding me? Where did God go? Huh? Where did Jesus go? Don't call a conspiracy everything that these people call conspiracy. And don't fear what they fear. And don't dread what they dread. Don't get caught up in it. You can tell something's wrong when you've lost your peace. You've lost your joy. You're mad and upset all the time. You have missed it when this happens. You're listening to things you shouldn't be listening to. You're yielding to things you shouldn't be yielding to. got to keep reminding yourself. I know I have. For weeks and months now, I keep telling myself, you don't really know. I heard it. I heard people say it. And I said, yeah, but, you know, a lot of folks are prophesying. You can prophesy out of your own heart. Because it's something you want. And something you think. And it not be God. And there is some of that happening right now. Y'all with me or not? Can this happen? I could quote scriptures, but I don't think it's necessary. Don't believe everything you hear. You, You need to just continually be asking, how do I know that? And check in your heart. And check in the word. Right? Because even though a lot of the details shift and change, and even whole kingdoms rise and fall and come and go, yet 
He does not change. God does not change. His word does not change. I said this a few weeks ago. And the Lord has brought it back to me repeatedly. In these last several weeks and months. I asked the Lord a question about some of these things. And he gave, he gave me a fr- three phrases I did not expect to hear. Lord, what about? He said, I am not Republican. I am not a Democrat. I am not American. <laughs> Is it true or not? Is God American? Is Jesus American? Republican? Independent? Yet people try to lump things together and say, well, this is the same as God. No, it's not the same as God. That's what the Lord told me. He said, I'm not Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not American. Now, that doesn't mean he don't care about us or that he didn't care about our country. He obviously does or we'd have been gone a long time ago. But you got to watch about fixating so much on these temporary things that are happening because they are so unstable. They rise. They fall. They change. They sway over here. They sway over there. People run in the ditch on this side. Then they get out and plunge in the ditch on the other side. Is that right? And this is popular for this little while, and, and then it's out of vogue. And then this is popular, and then 50 years from then, nobody even knows what you're talking about. And God is not that. He does not change. His word does not change. His will does not change. His plan does not change. And his plan is not to glorify man. If it's a plan that glorifies man, it's not God's plan. His plan was established before the earth was. Before there, before there were men and women. And he's not going to change it now. And in the end, and as things transpire and they are fulfilled and they are complete, it'll be God who gets the glory. Hallelujah. I said, it'll be God who gets the glory. Stand on your feet. I want us to sing to God. Be the glory. Great things he has done. Oh, hallelujah. Go ahead. Thank you, Lord. Let's lift up your hands. Begin to praise God. Begin to thank God. To God be the glory. To God.
lift your hands and thank God for every good thing that we have experienced in this life, in this church, in our homes, in our cities, in our states, in our country. Give the glory to God. Come on, lift your hands and say, Lord, we thank you. We give all the glory to you. We give all the praises to you. We give all the honor to you. We give all the credit to you. We give all the worship to you. We give all, all the glory, all the glory, all the glory. Glory to God, because all of the great and good things you have done. Sing it again. Lift your voice. Everybody. To God be the glory. Oh. and lift your voice. Lord, forgive us for ever taking our eyes off of you and making too much of men. Lord, we worship you. We give all the glory to you. We give all the praise to you. Oh, somebody say to you, to you. All the praise, all the honor, all the glory, all the glory. The glory, oh, the glory, all the glory, all the glory, all the glory for all the things you, you have done. Altar workers, would you come down to the front? got any questions about being saved or getting right with God, coming back to the Lord, being filled with the Spirit, just want somebody to shout with you about what God has done for you, these folks will give God the glory. Am I telling the truth, Faith Life Church? Will you give God the glory?